Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to episode one of Motown and Coney. I'm your host, Rodney Fresh, sitting here with my co-host, Tommy Foster. What's what up, though? Yes, sir. What up, though? So we thought since this is basically going to be a podcast of everything hip hop, everything dealing around with hip hop, top fives, who, who's the best MC, who's the best group in hip hop. Which actor, or which I should say, which rapper made the the greatest transition from rapping to acting? Yes, thought it would be important for you to get to know us as as hosts, and why we first fell in love with this thing called hip hop. Yes, that's right, that's right. And uh, as you take our magical journey through hip hop, you get to experience it through our eyes, basically. And uh, through our point of view, and just to let you know that uh, our point of views are sort of unique. We got a unique point of view. Yeah, so as you take our magical journey through hip hop, um, you get to realize that we do have a very unique perspective. Um, both unique, like I said, in our very own way, very, very, very unique. So Rodney, I'll let you take it away. And uh, you can tell me what inspired you. So I always battle with this question. Um, ever since I saw the movie Brown Sugar with, who was it, Tay Diggs and Sanaa Latham. Iconic. And remember one of the premises around that, that whole movie was, um, when did you first fall in love with hip hop? And... For me, I, I had the, the dad that didn't want you uh, listening um, to hip-hop records, even though I remember <laughs> as a kid going to the record store with him and him buying um, like the soundtrack to Low Down Dirty Shame <laughs> and the first Bone Thugs and Harmony album. <laughs> so he was the dad from Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> then he wound up <laughs> Yeah, I, okay, I, right. I remember looking at his, his record collection, or I should say CD collection, and my dad probably still has these CDs somewhere in the basement, uh, seeing the, the Low Down Dirty Shame album, the, the, the Bone Thugs album. But I vividly remember I had a cousin, and I, shoot, I can't remember when um, All Eyes On Me came out. But he came over and he had the, the double cassette all eyes on me and my dad saw him. Oh, that was so good. And cool. um, he was like, you know, don't be bringing that into my house. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, man, listen, that all eyes on me album. Yeah. That, if that's your transition and like you're welcome to hip hop, like fully, whoever got the experience in that, you guys are blessed because that's a damn good album. Yeah. So say all that to say is like I had to navigate Cause like I would hear, you know, certain artists, you know, being at school. Like I remember one of the boys that was down that had a locker, a few doors, a few lockers down from me. Like he was a big Tupac fan. Like you opened his locker, that's all you saw. So like I would experience hip hop through others, basically. Uh, then I remember I went. I was at my cousin's house and. Uh, this is when DMX first came out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that was like my first intro um, to hip-hop. I would say I fell in love with hip-hop the first time I heard Nas Ryan. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. 
um, and the the wordplay, the the imagery. I'm I'm a poet at heart. Like I would like to believe in in the past life I was a poet. So just the the wordplay and the storytelling that um, I heard Nas spit on um, one love. Oh yeah, yeah man, yeah that man. See Rodney, that now that's a damn good introduction to hip hop. Because, like you said, you can see yourself being a, a poet in your past life. I can see that too. I can see that too. If you, if once you get to know us, you'll realize that Rodney is is a hell of a guy. I, mean, I can see him being a poet in the past life too. So <laughs> he definitely got a down pat. So when did you fall in love with hip hop? Wow! Wow! Okay. So my story is a little interesting, man. So, um. I come from a very musical family background. So my grandfather used to have this big old boom box, man. And he used to, with the glowing lights and flashing lights, huge boom box. And he would sit on the front porch and he would blast like Jackie Wilson and the Temptations, man. He'd be blasting it. Everybody in the whole neighborhood, they'll know it's my damn house. Because <laughs> you can hear my dad blocks, my grandfather, what, father, blocks away, man, just blasting his music. And that was like one of my other introductions to like listen to you know, Motown sound, but I had an uncle because now we talking about hip hop. My uncle, man, he he would play like these songs. And I remember being five years old, five, okay, is when I got my introduction. And he had this Sir Mix-A-Lot Swass album, Square Dance Rap. Taking it back. (laughs) Square Dance Rap and My Posse's on Broadway. Now, I'm an MTV kid. Okay, MTV Jukebox Network. And this is when MTV actually played videos? Yes. Nin- this is going to tell my age, okay? I'm, I'm a little bit old, all right? Now, dang it. Um, I, this was 1987, okay? And um, after a certain time, you know, it, I was I was a little kid, you know, and I, I'd be venturing around the house, and I'd be listening to, you know, everybody playing a different music. Upstairs, one level, is another music going on. You go in the basement, my uncle and them down there smoking. Uh, some, uh, so, you know, so <laughs> it's, 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 it's illegal now. <laughs> okay, yeah, they were smoking some uh, some smell good things down there. But I was a little kid, and I'd go down there, and they'd be listening to uh, Two Live Crew or N.W.A. So that was my introduction to hip hop, man. And I get to get to visualize these videos. Well, you went from Two Live Crew to NWA, so you was you were that was knee, knee deep in the man. The, I was the controversy. Deep. Man, I was knee deep, and back then, like, and, and my family was so cool, man. Like, I remember buying this album, and this, <laughs> I would go to this record store. Shout out to Chantonique Records, and I would go to this record store, and I would always. I was young, and they back then you can go to the store. Your your father or grandfather, whoever in your family, can send you to the store to buy cigarettes for them. Uh-huh. And beer and everything. <laughs> That's a hell of a time that we come from. Go tell Mr. Smith that I need my cigarettes. Exactly, exactly. So I would go to the record store and I, they would allow me to buy these albums. And I, it was albums, okay? I bought albums at the time or cassette tapes. And the, the first album that I purchased, Rodney, was It's Some Holes in This House. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought that album back home. And I played that shit, and my grandmother, like, she got to dancing to it, because my grandma was always a cool grandma. R.I.P. my grandma, she was awesome. But my granddad said, turn that shit off, and he flinged that bad boy outside, man. And I paid, like, I want to say I paid, like, a hot dollar for it, too, for that. 
Which was a lot of money to a kid at that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of money at that time. But I paid like a dollar for that album, man. And uh, that was like my introduction to hip hop there, man. Like, and it's it's funny that you mentioned going to the record store because my dad and, and Tommy, you were an East Sider and I'm a, a West Sider. Right. But I remember going to, it used to be this place called Angot, and I guess it was like a distribution for like all the, like your Sam Goodies, your, your record stores basically at that point. Oh, yeah. But they would allow like cops and, and stuff to, to come in and purchase, um, you know, CDs, cassettes, what have you. And I always remember just like, I, you know, I couldn't purchase, but I would be looking at like all these different like hip hop album covers and just being like memorized by, by just the album cover itself. Right, right. Yeah, man, I... I was I, I felt like back then, man, you had to really love an artist and you were really into that artist because you would have to walk blocks to like go purchase their album. Like yeah. and even like I remember being in high school, it used to be this record store on like seven mile, like in Livernois, basically. And I remember me and my friends, like, so we knew the dude, and he would have had albums a few days before they came out. And I remember walking to the store, his store to buy certain albums. Like, you really had to, like, and I remember when, like, release dates was important. Yeah, release dates. <laughs> shoot, I remember getting the blueprint and it actually being. The CD case was actually blue. Yeah, it was. Who remember the Bone Thugs album mm. or or cassette tape mm. or CD? Literally red. Like I, it was literally like the colors. Like they, it'll be the blue tape, the red tape. And then when Jay Z dropped a black album, I remember I had the. I wish I could find it. Was the all black case? You couldn't even see through it. See now, that's why I kind of I appreciate those older numbers back then. Cause now that they were true. Yeah, they were true numbers because now you talk about with like the streaming and everything. I think literally sometimes I get caught in a loop. I want to get, I want to respect everyone's music perspective and like their genius. So I'll listen to some people music that I probably never heard of before. And some of it's not that great, but I just gave them like a hit. You know what I mean? Like I just, mm -hmm. I just gave them basically like some type of, uh, Recom recommendation or something to yeah, some, like yeah, a, like a, a, a stream a stream that, yeah that, I, that I stream guess. go towards I don't know even know how they calculate album sales like you knew if an artist back in the day sold five million yeah five million people actually physically went and and bought that album exactly and when I say recommendation like so on my <laughs> on my counter like. A lot of times I let people know, like, hey, I'm listening to this person's album. I'm going to let you know how it... So people are like, oh, well, he listened to this album. Like, let me go check it out, too. A lot of times I don't even finish the album. Um, I'm working on a couple albums. This isn't uh, time-based here, so you probably won't know where our time frame is here. But I'm listening to a couple of albums that just came out now recently. And um, they're okay projects that I'm listening to, but I don't think that I'm really interested in them but they just got a stream for me yeah and it's because shoot and i and like i feel like the music video played an importance back in the day like it yeah. was something to to hear a song and then see the video like i remember yeah. the first time i discovered juvenile with through the hot video like i didn't know who he was and i remember right. 
me and my cousin being up late one night at my grandma's house and this hot video came on. I'm like, who is this? Like, I feel like <laughs> the the value of like the music video has lost its has lost its way too. Oh yeah, it definitely it definitely lost its luster. I mean, if you think about where we come from in our generation. We come from BET at night too. Mm. Like when I tell you BET at night, some songs that I didn't even care about when I heard it on BET. When I seen the visuals, I was like, "I'm a fan." Yeah, like <laughs> for me, the, the the what was the Fifty Cent song that always used to come on? Many Men. Oh yeah, Many Men. The, the video for that. Oh, woo. that was dope. I'm uh, gonna get the tip drill. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's Nelly tip drill. Oh man. The, made you look at a credit card a whole different way <laughs> a whole different way man it was a couple other ones too man yeah BET after dark for to be a young black boy <laughs> yeah oh that was where it was at man i like i'll stay up to four in the morning five in the morning just to see some BET at night videos man in a lot of ways because like now you, you you got the streaming like you got the album cover like you can't like like it was something to physically open a cd pull out the 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 booklet that oh, came yeah. with it like with the lyrics like i remember jay-z i want to say it was on volume three on the intro it was like i don't care where you at if you just open the cd you know roll your window down like <laughs> oh ooh, rodney do you remember when they didn't even have the lyrics like okay so you couldn't go on your phone and look at the lyrics you had to print them out mm-hmm. Man, you that, had to print them you had or, to print them out Shoot, like now you can create a playlist, but remember when you had to get the CD, get the tape, yeah. you had to like stop the tape. <laughs> yeah, you had to stop all it. Man, and then everybody that had, when you would print it out and then you will pass it around to school and everybody would be like, hey, I got the lyrics to the songs. And like everybody's singing Shoot, it. I remember when I first got my, the first time I, my dad was like, you can drive to school. I remember that whole night, like, I stayed up, like, I got to make this mix for the car. (laughs) Like, that was a whole adventure within itself, just trying to create this perfect mix. (laughs) That's right, man. Those are iconic times, hanging out with your homeboys and then, like, having your mixtape. Or even, like, when you're trying to get with a chick, you know what I mean? Or you're a young lady, and you make her a mixtape. Like, that was was dope, too. Had a couple of days like prime. I okay, yeah. I gotta get this mix together. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Dope times. In a lot of ways, like the whole process, I kind of feels like made you fall in love with hip hop. Like you can remember, like I remember the first time I heard Ludacris Southern Hospitality. Like I was at a oh, basketball man. game, and a basketball team came out to it. And I'm just like. Who is this? This beat is so hard. Like, yeah. Oh, and a video was cold too. Like, mm-hmm. I just, man, hip hop. Just, I, I love hip hop. Like, I, I love a lot of music. Okay, like I listen to everything. Like I said, I was born in a, in a generation where, I mean, music was coming into its own. You know, like I, I listened to the Motown sound. I had a, another uncle that was in the rock and yeah, roll. Yeah, you can't, you can't help but. To be from Detroit and, and listen to the Motown. Yeah, sound. you can't help but listen to the Motown sound. So I had a lot of people that was in my life to listen to different types of music, but hip hop is what took me over because it was so universal and it reached so many people and it brought people together. And I think it kind of gives you like a 
a, a way to navigate the world as, as a black man, too. Exactly. Like, I remember you had Tupac, Dear Mr. President. Mm-hmm. Um, Nas had the song, I can't think of the title. It's on the I Am album where he's like, I want to talk to the to Congress, to the president, to yeah. the to the FBI and like that that resonated with me like okay I'm not the only person that that's feeling this way as a as a as a black man in America right no and I I agree with you right there writing because you know being from Detroit and like around that time when you didn't have the internet you all you only knew what was going on in your neighborhood but when I listened to the people from New York and and their music and people from from uh, down south and people from the west coast i'm like every hood is the same yeah and i like it made me wonder it's like when i went to new york as a kid like i gotta go find queensbridge like exactly. you know now i keep talking about queensbridge you got jay-z talking about marcy right like i remember even i didn't get to go to Compton too often and thought but i'm like i gotta go see like compton like you had dre tupac the game, you know, right. more a little currently talking about this confident place. Like, I, I need to go see it. Like, it made you want to actually see these places these guys were talking about. Exactly. And it gave me a, it gave me their point of view from their perspective. And, I mean, like I said, it, it gave us a journey through their life. And I think that's why I really appreciate hip-hop because it touches you and it gives you different perspectives through another man's life and his struggles that we can relate to. Like you said, as black men, we can relate to that also. And also, even, you know, beyond that, when you had, like, other rappers come into into play that, you know, were different ethnicity, and they came into play also, like, you got to look into Eminem's life. Yeah, and, and, and shoot, Eminem made you proud to be from, from Detroit. I remember when Eminem first, like, he first started popping... I was in high school, but like when the movie Eight Mile came out, I was in college, and I remember my roommates who were who were white. They was like, "Can can when Eight Mile come out? Can we can we go up to Detroit with you? You know, we want to actually see Eight Mile." And I'm like, "It's just a street, but right. just to like Eminem, like I felt like put our city on the on the map again. It's like we have Motown, and we weren't really like hip hop was around, but we ain't really have an artist." To, to to hang our hat on, hang our flag on. No, you're exactly right. And, and Eminem did a lot for the city of Detroit as far as, like, putting our name back on the map because at one point, and, you know, and shout out to D12, too, and, like, some of the other rappers that were from Detroit yeah. also. Royce. But, yeah, Royce. And, you know, it, I mean, it was a it's a, a plethora of rappers. I mean, even Insane Clown Posse, too. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about, like, a but... I want to say Eminem stood out because with his struggle and like he gave you a, a he gave you a a black struggle through a white man. a white man's <laughs> eye. yeah like a like the the whole trailer park thing and you know it's it just Detroit was going through like a dark time and like he shed some light on like some crazy subjects that was going on in his life and we all resonated to that yeah in a lot of ways he he made it cool to be from Detroit, because I'll never forget, like, I was in eighth grade on a trip from Florida. We were in Florida, and the Red Wings was really popping back then. It was the Stanley Cup Finals. And so I had all of my Red Wings gear. My boys had on our Red Wings gear. Me on our eighth grade 
trip and we we go to the grocery store and i remember we we buying cereal and this lady this white lady walked up to us like guys are from detroit and we all like yeah and like you would have thought we we said we had the plague or something because she turned and ran down the aisle so fast and i was just like you know as a kid i really know detroit like i knew detroit had a reputation but to see it firsthand the negativity like people felt about Detroit and then a couple of years later to see somebody that's basically from my city on TRL and all these other places like put pride back in from saying I'm from Detroit like right right no I agree I agree 100 percent um I have a couple similar stories too man I remember traveling uh to a few places like out of the country and interacting with people and you know the first thing people always ask you is like where are you from and when you say like you're from detroit people are like oh my god like they all they hear the news all the way there in mexico or jamaica wherever and they're like whoa man you're from detroit like how the are you alive like, <laughs> yeah, what? like what's going on there and i know detroit is dangerous and you know we, we we going through our struggles but we definitely we we shed light on a lot of things we, we're coming back in and it's getting better you know yeah but and I just think about Eminem was kind of like a bridge, too, to, like, what you see going on, like, right now with the Detroit scene. Right. Um, He kind of, he made it possible, not only for 50 Cent, but, like, some artists in Detroit that we might not have heard of to to be out here. Um, And I think that that speaks to, like, the universal language of hip-hop. You can go to... A South Africa, a Ghana, uh, anywhere in Europe, and they have love for for hip hop. Uh, right. Hell, Will Smith. If, if I got to experience Miami, listening to Will Smith Miami song and watching the video before, you know, I was able to actually travel there as an adult. Uh, so hip hop, in a lot of ways gives you an experience that you might not be able to get in your your everyday hood exactly and even if you're not a fan of uh of certain artists um i'm gonna speak on the subject um that actually happened uh i want to say probably like a week or two ago where another detroit artist said that um he didn't feel his eminem inspired him or um he felt like he probably should have got a little bit of recognition or, or came back to a certain you know certain Detroit neighborhoods and and acknowledge certain rappers and and try to at least collaborate with them or not even that as far as like just acknowledge them or, or talk to them give them a a kudos or and such um it's okay to be inspired from afar um I, I've never met half the people that I that I like I'm just inspired by them they don't have to give me kudos I just want to let people know that no one has to actually physically <laughs> talk to you or acknowledge you in order for you to to be a fan of them so i think that's another thing that with hip-hop too you can be a fan of someone and love their music and never met them but it feels like you know them that's how far hip-hop is hip-hop will touch you just yeah, like and, and will, will smith he kind of talked about it in his book like when you like in music people like you telling your story people become 
in in enthralled with that story and feel like they can relate to you. And right. he was like kind of the same thing with being like on a sitcom. Like people are used to you being in their household. And he was talking about in his book that, you know, he used to say yes to every autograph. And then he just had to start realizing he can't say yes all the time. Right. And so just because you're a fan of somebody, like if you see them out, out in public, like – they humans too like exactly I think sometimes like with rappers like uh like eminem basically had the song i am who you say like right. they need peace too like they they have everyday issues going on just because uh they they famous and i mean we'll probably talk about this on late, later podcast like i know some of them like 50 Cent said in the court hearing before, some of their stuff is rented. Like, don't. <laughs> Jada like, Kish got the famous line, a lot of y'all pretending to be millionaires when y'all really thousandaires. I'm one myself. Right. So just just be aware that they might not always have it going on like they, they portray in their songs. And just realize they humans, too. Exactly. They're humans, too, and they got stuff going on, too. And a lot of times they might not have time to to you know spread love like they would like to because you got to remember a lot of times as an artist and that i mean that's just an artist in general not necessarily even dealing with music just an artist in general a lot of times like you need to clear your mind and you're in a certain mind state to where you just focused on one thing and even with like collaborations and such a lot of times a lot of artists don't get to collaborate with who they really actually want to collaborate with because Life is moving so fast and people are moving in different directions. So you got to really think about that. Like a lot of times, I'm not saying that artists shouldn't make time for other artists, but you ever think about how, Rodney, how we want like dream collaborations, how we always say, oh, I wish this artist would work with this artist. And like I've heard like interviews just saying like, I mess with, you know, say an artist, but we just ain't had the time to clap. Like, their schedules are so so busy, so hectic. Yeah, conflicting. Um, like, I know for a long time we have finally got it and gotten multiple tracks. Like, when Jay-Z and Nas, like, in the day few, like, people are like, that's like a dream collaboration. But that's not all you going it's not all you in the car. Like. Right, Exactly. And I would love to see a lot of my Detroit artists like work with each other. And I know it's a lot of things that run deep, man. Like, what I would like to see, and this goes back to to my love affair with hip hop, and I feel like it's a divide, new school to old school. Right. I, I would like some of the the quote unquote what this generation would call old school artists. Like, I would like to see those cross-generation collaborations, um, which I feel like some artists have have done. But I feel in some ways, sometimes the the old-school artist shuns the new school and vice versa. But I I just would like to see some, some, like, a a 42 and, I don't know, a Jay-Z collaboration or something, or even... And I feel in some ways like the they need each other. Like the new school needs to realize like your run DMCs, your Jay Z's, your Nas, your Uncle Luke's, like they paved a way to for you to be in the position to make the money that you're making right now. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think 
what a lot of people don't realize with hip hop too is like it comes with growth too because no artist album first album is going to resonate to their last album or to the next album for that that nature because That's artists so always yeah hip hop evolves yeah hip hop evolves and i think with like a lot of the the new school artists i think they don't understand like they're living in the moment which is understandable because when we were younger we probably were living in the moment also to where you got like an older artist, they're more reserved, and they, you know, they're calculating they, their they, moves. They understand the game now, and I and I feel like, and I, we we do this in a world though too, where generations are scared to talk to each other. But you don't learn. That's true. If if you don't like, you learn. Like I learned. Like I'm a teacher at heart, but I learn stuff from my. 16 and 17 year old students sometimes as much as they learn from me and, and I mean I'm at the barbershop chopping up with people in their 60s and 70s and I'm, I'm learning from them so it, it goes both ways like and I feel like in some instances like these old school artists expect the new school artists just to humble themselves like it's, it's got to be a cross dialogue that's true I definitely agree with that too. It's definitely got to be a dialogue and, and you know, and I guess it's like the approach too. Like I said, um, a lot of times you, you would see how some of the approaches just probably a little weird too, but I'm not going to (laughs) say, I'm not going to say it doesn't work because if you look at, um, look at little Wayne, when he first wanted to collaborate with, with Jay-Z, he basically dissed him. And, and then now you look at Kodak Black. It worked, it worked for 52. He had yeah. the whole how to rob. Yeah, Kodak Black did the same thing to Lil Wayne. He dissed Lil Wayne and Lil Wayne wound up working with him. And I think that's just saying, hey, acknowledge me. But you don't have to go to that certain length to, you know, get a collaboration. I think if you just actually just acknowledge them and or, you know, just actually call them up or try to find a connection. The six degrees of separation in hip hop is not that big. In hip hop, I feel like he got to be two degrees. Like y'all, they had them work with the same engineer, the same mixer. Somebody knows right. somebody. And I and shoot, we we gonna do a whole podcast on the best um, hip hop beefs top five. Yes, but I feel like a lot of beefs would not happen if you know you had that communication. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said. Uh, with that situation that happened with uh, with Eminem, a lot of guys say, "Oh, well, I, I I deal with Royce, but I never." If you really want to work with Eminem, just tell Royce you want to work yeah, with Eminem I mean, too. Because like, <laughs> if you know, if you just say that to him and mention, like, "Hey, man, I Royce a feature with a, Eminem," I mean, even, he can only tell you yes or no. Big Sean seems like he's got some type of in with Eminem, or you know, some type of connection. So right, and. I'm thinking of the Big Sean lyric, like where he's basically say he rep Detroit, but he hardly here. Right, hardly home, but always repping mm-hmm. for sure. And like I said, that goes for like a lot of other artists too, man. And like not just based solely here at home, but I think Atlanta has has it figured out because the six degrees of separation in Atlanta. They're not afraid to like work with each other. Also, you know? Atlanta is like dope because if you think about it, twenty, twenty five, twenty twenty five years ago, we would never say Atlanta. You couldn't have told me Atlanta would be like the mecca of hip hop right now. Like you exactly. got New York cats moving to Atlanta 
to be part of the hip hop scene where it used to be the other way around. Everybody wanted to go to New York mm-hmm. or or LA to to be in the scene. Now it's like the the South has, has really taken over. Like Atlanta is the, the spot. Exactly. If you want to get you some good beats and and also like you said, to get the recognition and it's so many different places too that you can go in Atlanta and kind of like spread your music around and and collab with other artists because there's a lot of artists that actually stay there too, and um, yeah, a lot of that's like a, a happening spot. A lot of OGs too. Like even yeah. I know Nah, for example, had a home in Atlanta for a long time. Jay Z um, had a had a place in Atlanta. Mm-hmm, too so. short. It's just a, a lot of people, man. So you get a lot of collab, a good, great collabs, and um, like I said, a lot of the uh, producers and a lot of the uh, the beat makers come out of Atlanta too. So if you want to get you a fire beat, like that's definitely. Yeah. So, and I guess I go back to the whole falling in love with hip hop. I think one of the things that has always made hip hop special for me is not everybody's the same. Right. Like Motown, you have pretty much the same sound with hip hop. You got a Southern sound. You got a New York style. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if I'm feeling a certain way, I can throw on the game. If I'm feeling this, another certain type of way, like I know if I throw on this Lupe record, like I feel like it's a representation for anyone that that looks, feels a certain way. Like I don't, I feel like hip hop has an artist that anyone can relate to in it exactly exactly and that's why i was i i think i had mentioned this to you a while back and i was i woke up one day i was like man hip-hop is so amazing like if you look at the the multiple faces of hip-hop man because you got you got inspirational hip-hop you got you know you got the the hype crunk music hip-hop you got like the the jazzy sounds of hip hop, like like a hip hop jazz. I mean, I can keep going on and on. Like hip hop has multiple faces, and it can resonate with anyone. It's an artist for you in hip hop, where with other with other genres of music is it's kind of hard to find that. And you know, hip hop like now you got Kanye doing gospel, and mm-hmm. and shoot, I just thought about it too. Like I was listening to Kanye' first album. Uh-huh. And Jesus Walk came on. I'm like, this Kanye had always kind of been yeah. on the path that he's on now. Exactly. But just because I was in, con- in college when Kanye first came out. But Kanye was kind of like my style. He had like the backpack. He was kind of nerdy. Like to see like Kanye, Lupe was popping back then to right. um, a most deaf that most deaf lyrically is a killer, but you wouldn't necessarily look at him at that time and be like, hip-hop artist, Tali Kweli, like, mm-hmm. to have all them, and then to top it off with a knife that can kind of go in between, like, he can give you the storytelling, the 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 grimy New York, but he also gonna kick some knowledge to you, it was just, it's, it was always amazing to me. Right, and that, like I said, that that's what we talked spoke of earlier with the growth, man, because a lot of people say, well, I don't like backpack rappers. Kanye's a backpack rapper. You know, mm-hmm. Big Sean's a backpack rapper. But guess what? The growth. And and when you just spoke of Nas, 
Nas can give you multiple facets of, of hip-hop, multiple faces of hip-hop, because Nas and the growth. When Nas first came out, he gave you the grimy, the real, and then he slowly gave you inspiration to get out the hood. Now he's telling you about how to like do certain things in, in business. I remember even remember he used to talk about going home back home to Africa and doing certain things and helping out. I mean, Nas done. Yeah, he he's hip hop right there with growth. That him and whole uh, what was it? Distant Relative album with uh, yeah. Damian Marley, which is actually one of my favorite slept on projects. But I, I love because just the whole message and the whole just mindset behind the album and i and i think that speaks to like the love affair with hip-hop is you literally get to grow up with the artist right one of my favorite artists to to actually you know watching in his growth is is snoop dogg and i love watching his growth because um you know listen to some podcasts and and just just following his story because he was one of the first artists that that just stuck out to me like as as being young and then watching him um watching him grow and then him going through trial and him being an actor and i mean putting out multiple platinum albums and just his struggles with everything yeah, he did a he did a gospel yeah. album too yeah he did a gospel album also, and he did a um he did a reggae album like i mean come on man <laughs> like and and i think that speaks to the in hip-hop, you can try new things. Right. And get a reception. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah an honest I, one. Yeah, I would say <laughs> Dog, Nas, even Ludacris, just to see them grow. Because, like I said, when Ludacris came out, I was in high school. Just so to see him navigate from being that young man to on the movie screen with the Fast and the Furious, um, just to see different artists because, shoot, we're from a time where when artists were coming out, they didn't own clothing lines. Right. Went, I mean, Will Smith and Ice Cube were really the first ones to, to try to hand and act in. Exactly. And even that was, like, frowned upon back then. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I remember when certain artists want to act, and they're like, well, wow, how was it? You know, how the hell would that would that work out? You know, I couldn't envision me growing up that Will Smith would, would be as iconic as a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like, I didn't, I'd never it, seen that coming. And this is crazy to me because, like, I mentioned Will Smith, the rapper now, and my students was like, he rap? Right. <laughs> yeah, like, you wouldn't even imagine. Or, or Ice Cube, man. LL like, going from I'm bad and Mama said knock you out to... Yeah. If I was to ask someone that's twenty today, LL Cool J, they would he would be known for acting. Exactly. Any, anything. So to see the artists we came up come full circle. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons why why we state today and why we have this podcast from the influence and that's why we love hip hop. We love hip hop just for for that right there. Like how you can come in one way and then change your whole trajectory of how you move off based off yeah, your growth. Because Ice U went from Lynch Mob to Are We There Yet? Exactly. Change <laughs> your whole, his whole vision was like, and that's why I think he does have Cube Vision. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called Cube Vision, because his vision was bigger than what he set out to be. Yeah, and I mean, just looking at Look his, at the big three. We forgot the about big that. big three. Yeah. His son, 
Yeah. His son is a better actor than he is. <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> just just to see that that full circle um, moment. Um, and shoot, Will Smith kind of made me fall in love with hip hop too because he was the, really the first artist I could listen to where my dad was like, okay. Right. You know, it's no parental advisory on this. Yeah, it's, and that's why I say it's okay. It's, you know, I, I think I was listening to um, another podcast. I don't, I don't know if we can name drop. But yeah, I, was listening yeah. To an, yeah, I was listening to another podcast, and he was like, man, you bought that particular album? Listen, I listen to Cool Mo D, MC Hammer. Like, I'm influenced by so many hip-hop yeah, artists. Too. It's ridiculous. Shout out to MC Hammer. He follows me on Instagram. I don't know why, but he does. <laughs> um, but he's like real big into the tech scene. Like people don't, people think MC Hammer, but if you knew his story, you talk about someone that's probably shouldn't be where they at today in a love affair with hip hop. Like MC Hammer is like, MC Hammer is like the Tayshawn Prince of hip hop to me. Like you right. wouldn't realize Tayshawn Prince was from Compton. You wouldn't realize that MC Hammer was shoot. He was in the hood. Exactly. MC Hammer, man. I think I I think I remember when he came out with like a, a hardcore hip hop album, and that's yeah. when it kind of it hit me. Then yeah. I was like, wait a minute, hip, Hammer. Yeah. He from the hood. <laughs> he ain't playing. Yeah, yeah, but to like to have a Will Smith where for a kid that couldn't bring anything that said parental advisory in the house to have an album like, you know, him, like I'm the I'm the what is it, I'm the DJ, he's the rapper. Oh yeah. That and then when he came out with with Big Willie style, uh that that right there was like, okay. And shoot, he probably I don't know if we could call him a backpack rapper, but he was probably a backpack rapper before a backpack rapper was a term. <laughs> no, he was, man. He was. He was like the most. And I think a lot of times when um, when a lot of artists, they would try to choose somebody to pick on. Of course, people go to pick on backpack rappers first because they're like the most harmless. So that's why when you hear a lot of people diss uh, Will Smith and he just like turned the other cheek, he was harmless. He's not going to do nothing to I him. mean, he he had the Fresh Prince, the, the show. Exactly. He married he the, with all his the finest women in Hollywood. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And probably talked to multiple fine women in Hollywood, mm-hmm. too. So, so, I mean, Will Smith, he, he is okay. Right, right. He definitely, he's definitely what we say about the growth of hip-hop and why we love hip-hop. And, yeah. I, and I just, I'm thinking about, I was on Will Smith's Instagram page, and like a month ago, he had a picture with him, Kanye, and Drake. And I'm like, how how iconic is this? Exactly. And not only that too. Like, if you look at if you look at like growing up with Will Smith, and like you were saying before, how if you talk to some young people today, they wouldn't even know he was a rapper. I I literally watched Will Smith grow just like you did too. Like Fresh Prince of Bel Air to having two amazing kids to having an awesome marriage, um, and then they got Red Table. To, it's just so many. He's traveling around now on this new show on like yeah, it's, it's a, National Geo. Awesome to watch. <laughs> yeah. So and I and I think that's why the I like movies. I have this ongoing love affair with hip hop because now I'm curious to see. Where Big Sean is going to be in 10, 15 years. 
Right. A lot of artists, man. Like, I'm I'm excited to watch these artists grow. And, like, only with hip-hop, and a lot, I mean, only with hip-hop, you get to see people that, that started from nothing. Because a lot of times you get certain people that have, like, a push. Mm-hmm. But literally, you got guys coming from neighborhoods and, and people like, that you I'm, know. I'm excited. Yeah. Like, an ASAP Rocky. Like, he's, you know, in acting. So, I'm excited to see where this goes for him. A, right. a Joey Badass. And yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about all those cats, man. And even though uh, there's one artist that I'm excited about, man, like, I want to see where uh, where the baby and because mm-hmm. I know that you know he's controversial, Roddy but at Rich. the same time, Roddy Rich and uh, yeah, and, and Little Baby and even Kodak, man, even Kodak. I want to see how he how I he ain't plays. Too interesting in Kodak right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think he says things for shock value, yeah, which is funny because when I remember when Fifty first came out with How to Rob, like you couldn't argue with me. Like it, that was the hottest thing out right now. I'm like, right. went out all these cats, like yeah. And that's and Kodak's just doing that from his own point of view. He says like the most zany shit. I remember when um oh man, R.I.P. to uh to Nipsey. Sorry about that. Um to Nipsey. And then Kodak said that stuff about his wife. Oh yeah. I was just sorry, I was shocked. It's not by a that. Black I'm still shocked. I'm still shocked by that but by what he said, but But it ain't a black man a lot that don't look at Laura London like yeah, but to say that, like, <laughs> yeah. come on, man. And, like, I was just, I'm still shocked by the statement. Like, really, did he just say that? But that's just Kodak, man. I think he just says stuff for shock value, and it's in one ear, not the other. Because he's yeah. just a civilian. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yes. <laughs> one day, I'm going, I'll beat her with you, Kodak. Not, not today, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested, uh, and we can wrap up in a, in a few minutes. But I'm I'm interested to see like where J Cole or, oh, yeah. or Kendrick oh. goes. Wait, a minute. I uh, can see J Cole being like the next Fresh Prince or something, man. If they can come out with something for J Cole, and, like and, a TV show or a sitcom, it can be a hit. And I've kind of <clears throat> been a, like I've always been a J Cole fanboy. Mm-hmm. But when he did the song The Middle Child and he talked about being in the middle of the two generations, like that spoke perfectly uh to to how I feel. Right. Right. Um to to be I guess not old. I guess we kinda old in hip hop terms, because what the game says, thirty eight and still rapping, ugh. <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, I wish somebody would have pulled him to the side earlier and like talked to him about acting. I'm not sure if he probably wanted to do that on his own, but I think he would have probably been awesome, man, as like an actor. He he still got time. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, when what? How old was Will Smith when he was doing the Fresh Prince when he first started out? He had to be in his twenties, right? Mm-hmm. See, that would have been the perfect time for him to do something like that. Like that would have been dope. And if you want to know how Will Smith, shout out to Quincy Jones, the just. Yeah, Check out Will Smith's book because he got some interesting stories just about how the Fresh Prince came about. Um, he had to audition like on the spot, right? Like Will Smith was literally in Detroit, and Quincy Jones called him to come to a birthday party the same day. That's nuts. So, and I, and I guess that goes back to hip hop teaches you to see the opportunity. 
Exactly. Hip hop is all hip hop always kind of been on the fly too, because if you think about coming, you know, coming up, I remember coming up, bust around in the uh in the lunchroom, somebody, you know, doing a beat on the table. table. Yeah, doing a beat on the table. So hip hop always call you out. It's just when you gotta show up, man. You, is it your time to shine? Like you in the spotlight. So that's mm-hmm. hip hop right there. Yeah. So this will I think that's a good way to in this episode, um, the next episode we talk about our top five artists. Oh, yeah. So check that out um, the the following week after this. Right, I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Hit the subscribe button, and we'll see you on the other side. Peace.